So let me tell you how I went from taking drugs, drinking, smoking, doing just anything possible to distract myself, to destroy myself, being in a place where I, I just didn't know what to do. I just uh, desired every day to stop smoking, to stop drinking, to stop taking drugs and to go back to uh, the place where I was, which was peace, you know, harmony, feeling good, feeling happy, feeling excited. That's where I was when during my childhood, I was really happy, excited, you know, I was just happy. I was just good. And then we we moved place. So I, I grew up in Rome and uh, we moved place in 1988 uh, during my age uh, eight years old. And we just moved from one home to another in the same city in a different area. But for me, it was in a different world. In my previous world where I was until I was eight, I was happy. I was comfortable. I was uh, I felt I belonged there. You know, I, I had my friends and uh, my my home, you know, it was just good. Then we moved. And for me, it was it wasn't so hard at the beginning, but then it became really hard because I encountered some bullies and uh, I started feeling afraid. And when I started feeling afraid, I started feeling insecure. And when I started feeling insecure, I started looking for people who I could attach myself to, to be more secure. I started hanging out with the wrong people, basically. And with these people, I started smoking, I started drinking, I started taking drugs, and I became this person who I was uh, transformed to by looking at these guys, these, you know, tough guys. I wanted to become one of those guys and I became that guy. I became this tough guy who was drinking, smoking, taking drugs, you know, I was uh, doing all sorts of things. The, I, I was like the criminal. I was a criminal. I was a criminal. So I started at 15 years old with smoking and drinking and by the age of 17 I used to go out dancing at night time and taking drugs and coming back home at 7 in the morning being in the bed you know pretending I'm sleeping and I couldn't sleep because the amphetamine I took and I couldn't let my mother find out that I took the stuff so you know it's 7 in the morning it's, I'm supposed to feel sleepy so I pretend I'm sleeping but inside I can't sleep and I'm under the, the bed sheet my mother coming in and out the room and I I feel this anxiety and the amphetamine start going down and I felt really, really bad. And, and so this fear I started uh, feeling when I was uh, around uh, 14, 15, it became stronger and stronger actually. It would only go away when I was taking the, the things, you know, drinking and taking drugs. By one point at the age of 17, I was, uh, this fear became stronger and stronger. It became anxiety. I became so anxious that I couldn't do anything, any social uh, interaction with anybody without, you know, drinking alcohol. And, and my health started declining and I started feeling afraid of my, uh, of my health, of my body, of my, my brain. I, I was afraid something would happen and and so I realized you know I went from a very secure confident boy happy and 
you know, I, uh, I knew how to socialize and I was excited about meeting new people and, and about going to new places. I went from this guy to a guy where I, he was recluded, where he was hiding in the dark, you know, smoking, drinking with this group of friends and he, he couldn't go out to his group of friends without feeling strong anxiety and, and I felt like I lost the um, appreciation for life. Like life without drinking, smoking, taking drugs, it was boring life, it was shit life. And, and I was afraid, I was really anxious and, and I realized at that point that I needed to do something, I needed to change. So I, I started desiring a change. And so I slowly I started removing these layers. I stopped taking drugs, I stopped drinking, I stopped smoking, I stopped, I stopped a lot of things in uh, each thing I stopped in a different way but uh, what the, the place where I reached now is where I'm totally free I, I came up with something I came across something so I discovered all of these different ways that worked for me at the time but each time I use a different way which worked at that time but it was it wasn't the definitive and now finally I realized the definitive so the first time when I stopped the, um, the drugs it was merely out of fear I was terrified something would happen and this is a way you know to stop something many people had to reach that point to to stop something but I don't want that for you I don't want you I don't want to be you to reach the moment of really feel, feeling terrified, being in front of like a disease or, or losing someone because of what you're doing. I don't want to, you to get there. So I, I, uh, I've discovered that I created a different thing. But anyway, the first thing I stopped, uh, I used, it was fear. So I, I stopped drinking, taking drugs out of fear. Then the way I stopped drinking, it was out of uh, my values. So I've been doing a lot of different things, you know, I, when I started really drinking, it was like I was drinking, 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 and my body was fine, you know. When I was earlier, when I was really, really younger, like 15, 16, I would drink, drink, and then just vomit, and then just go to sleep, and that's it. But as I got older, as I get to 17 years old, I used to drink more and more, I would drink, 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 and never get like that vomit, never get that moment of uh, feeling, you know, sleepy or wanted to go home, I w my body would be fine, I would be fine and I would just keep drinking but that would affect my mind a lot. So I started doing things very dangerous because my body was strong, was moving, was active but my brain was totally fucked. So what I started doing, for example, I uh, you know, I've been stopped by the police with my motorcycle. I was drunk on a motorcycle 3 a.m. in the morning under my home. And my ex-girlfriend was there and she was, um, she was like 15, 16. I was like 8, 17, 18. I, I was actually just turned 18. And, uh, and she was like uh, 15 years old. And... Uh, I've been stopped by the police and I got drunk and they told, they told me, ah, oh, this girl is a minor, you know, uh, she called her mother or something. I got angry and I pushed 
the inspector of the police, of the, the department of the police of my area. And uh, basically I went to jail. I went to jail for two days. And then uh, after without my driving license, I stole my mother's car and I crashed it and I hid it. And then I went back to sleep and my mother asked me, where is my car? And I say, I don't know, who knows? And I lied to her for like a few days and then I told them, you know, I stole the car and I crashed it. And I beat my, my, my friends up, like one of my best friends, I beat him in the, in the face. Another guy, I went, he went to the hospital because I, I tried to go inside his house with a motorcycle and, and uh, I, I hit the gate with my motorcycle full on and, and the gate hit his head. And it, I did crazy, crazy things. I spit on the face of many of my girlfriends, not girlfriends like my girlfriend, like friends, girls. But I wouldn't stop. I, I wouldn't, uh, I just wouldn't learn. And uh, every night, every weekend, I would say, okay, that's it. This is the last time. From tomorrow, I'm not drinking anymore. And then the next weekend, I would drink again and again because I didn't know how not to drink. I, didn't, I had the identity. So what I did, once that big thing happened, they hit my values, which was, uh, I'll tell you the story in another time, but I, I tried with uh, one of my best friend's girlfriends. I tried to kiss her and I didn't realize it. That day I woke up in the morning in the street, standing in the street. I just had the driving license and I, I drank because uh, I knew that my car was broken and I, and I didn't take my car. But what I did, I got drunk. I went to take my car broken, but it did start and I did go around with it. And anyway, to make a long story short, I did something out of my, completely out of what I would have done, which is trying uh, to kiss one of my girlfriends, one of my best friend's girlfriend. And when I realized that that hit me and it was like, wow, if I did something like this, that really, really going against my values, I could easily go home, take my mother, throw her out the window, the same thing. So when I realized that, boom, I completely turned off. I don't drink alcohol anymore. That's it from that day. But that was the decision I made and I completely closed the door. And then how I made that happen, it was through identity. So the first time after that, I had that, that occasion, that uh, opportunity to drink, I say, okay, now I'm not drinking anymore. And inside of myself, I thought, how am I gonna act? Like, I only know how to go around and go out and talk to people when I'm drunk. I don't know who I am without alcohol. And I switched my identity and I thought, okay, I'm gonna be that cool guy who is cool without drinking. And I went and I bought the lemonade at the bar and I started drinking lemonade. I was just cool. I was this cool guy. I switched my identity and that's how I stopped drinking. Then the smoking was long, long, long time after. It was, uh, I stopped drinking in 2000, year 2000, 99 actually. And I stopped smoking was 2010 by the age of 30. And when I stopped smoking was a different way I did that. Um, until then, I, I stopped because either some fear or because, you know, I couldn't think about not going, you know, with my values. Again, it was fear, fear of going against my value, fears, fear of doing something wrong. But this time, the way I stopped smoking, which I try everything, 
I tried uh, chewing gums, I tried to electroshoot my ears and take some roots. I, I paid like three or four hundred uh, euros to actually was liters at the time uh, to, to do this electroshooting. And I, I tried everything. I read books, you know, I read the book Alan Carr, Easy Way to Stop Smoking, which was really good. I stopped with that for a while, for some months. Then I start, started again. I tried everything I could in mind. I tried to smoke less. I tried to smoke more, you know, like smoking three or four cigarettes in a row until I get disgusted. But then by the uh, three or four hours later, I smoked again, even though it was disgusting. I did smoke it. I tried promises. I promised with my best friend that we never smoke again. And instead of smoking, we were eating this chewing gum, very strong minty chewing gum, which, you know, it would distract us from smoking. But then, uh, you know, I got drunk and smoked again. I tried everything, but eventually, again, this is not the place where I tell you the story how I stopped, but basically I focused on the good. I imagine, wow, imagine my life if I didn't smoke. I got excited about the idea. After learning the law of attraction, I started focusing more and more on my thoughts, on imagination. And so I, I trained my mind to imagine situations and getting excited about them. And so what happened is that that day I was in Brazil, actually it was in the evening and I had a choice and my best friend told me, we either go to buy cigarettes and tomorrow you'll be again a smoker and complain and complain and complain because I was complaining a lot that day or we go directly to sleep, tomorrow we wake up and never smoke again. And I thought, let's go buy cigarettes. Ah, come on, come on. At the end I said, okay, 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 let's go. Let's go to sleep and tomorrow we wake up and we never smoke again. And unbelievably, that happened almost 10 years ago and I still didn't smoke from since that day because I focused on the good. But this is not what I want to tell you today. This is not the way that you're going to stop your addiction. This is one way what I use, which is useful, but I found it really, really deeper and stronger way. And so after I stopped smoking, I, after two months, I became vegetarian and then vegan. I felt confident to take choices. You know, I, I imagine like, oh, imagine if I just don't eat animals anymore. I become vegetarian and I did it. Oh, imagine that. And I did it. I started imagining and I started getting excited about the result. And so I gave up sugar. I gave up gluten. And but what I realized, something that um, that I realized was that I was still addicted to something. Like, for instance, when I was vegan, I would make this vegan tiramisu, you know, and keep them in the fridge. At nighttime, I would go home and eat the whole thing, you know. Or I, I, I gave up the sugar, I gave up the gluten. No, sorry, I gave up the sugar and I went to India. And I was addicted to this parata. It was like this uh, thing made with the flour, salt and lots of oil and and it was like cooked in the pan and it was so good, you know, with the, with the sauce, you know. And I was actually addicted to it, you know. I, was, I wanted to go and eat that. If I didn't, if I skipped that, that for, uh, for breakfast, I would get angry. You know, I, I realized this thing, I realized this addiction. Then after, when I went on a trip on Thailand for four months, I was advised to do uh, this uh, Vipassana meditation course, which was a 10 days course where you meditate for basically 12 hours a day, each session for one hour. 
And there I realized something profound. I realized that, you know, I would sit down, you know, the exercise was to sit down with your eyes closed, crossed legs, and just don't move for one hour. And it was very hard. It was very painful in the, in the legs at the beginning. And after about 40 minutes, it would feel like it was five hours I was there and I couldn't hold it anymore. And this thing about holding it, you know, I was holding oh, a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. But at one point, it, it gets to the point where you, boom, you break through, free of this holding. You, you start flowing again. You're not attached anymore to the, to wanting to do the thing. Because what would come out, there were like feelings and things that would normally come out in a day-to-day -day life. Like if I'm stuck in traffic, if I'm in a queue, if I'm arguing with somebody, if I'm uh, wanting to eat something and I don't have it at the moment, the addiction thing, it would come out this, come out this feeling which I attached to the actual situation and thing. But when I was doing the Vipassana, I realized that that feeling, it wasn't about the situation or the thing I was addicted to. It was something in me that would come up and I wouldn't be able to handle it. And being in, with my eyes closed, you know, focusing on my breath, with crossed legs, all silence, you know, everything silence. And I just had that in front of me and I had to deal with it and I couldn't and I didn't want. That's why I wanted to open my eyes and finish the meditation. But at one point, I kept observing, observing, like, like the exercise we say, to observe without judgment, observe equanimously, a point comes where poof, that goes away, it, it, it disappears, you don't have any more that thing, and then you can stay there for forever, for, long for longer and longer. And so I separated at that point also the pain from the suffering. So the pain of my legs, it was different from the suffering of not knowing when was this hour to be over, when finally I get to open my legs, when, you know, this doubt in myself, all this. So that's, that's was the, that was the thing. So that's one thing I realized. Then uh, I was in London and basically I was working in this organic shop and I was also cycling with my bicycle, doing delivery with my bicycle. And this organic shop, it was beautiful. It was my home, you know, they had everything organic, everything vegan. And there were those couple of things which I was addicted to. It was, one was a chocolate with inside like this uh, date cream and uh, this cashews and, and it was in the fridge. It was like kind of a Mars bar, but uh, vegan, organic, raw, gluten-free, sugar-free. It was amazing, but it was so good. And then I had this, uh, these chips gluten-free, made from uh, like different superfood and different things. And they were, you know, relatively healthy things. But one time, you know, I, I was home. It was quarter to nine in the evening. I know the shop would close at nine. And I felt this thing like, oh, I want this chocolate. I want this thing. And I was feeling good at home, you know, and I was enjoying. And I'd say, oh, I want this thing. And that thing, at that shop, it was about 10 minutes away from my home with a bicycle. So I rushed through outside, got my bicycle and ran with my bicycle to the shop to buy this thing and eat this thing. And I realized I'm addicted. 
I'm just like when I was, you know, al uh, alcohol, alcoholic or smoking or it's the same thing. Just this is not so bad, but still it's not good because I'm here. I'm not free because I need to go and cycle to the shop to get this thing. Otherwise, I don't feel good. So I started experimenting with this and I started experimenting, especially with fasting. I would do every Sunday, I would do a 40 hours fasting. So uh, Saturday morning, I would have breakfast with fruit and then I wouldn't eat until the next uh, breakfast on the Monday morning. So it would be 40 hours. And during this time, I also said, okay, I'm, I'm gonna fast, but I'm not gonna watch movies. I'm not gonna masturbate. I'm not gonna do anything that distracts me from myself. I wanna be with this thing. And so I started realizing that this thing, this feeling that it's something I'm not comfortable with and I'm trying to distract from myself from this. And this I also realized because many years ago when I, one of my attempts to stop smoking, I, I got into EMF. EFM, Emotional Freedom, sorry, EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, where basically it's tapping, called tapping. You tap on the, on certain points on your body and they, and you say like, even though I have this feeling, I deeply and completely accept myself, this feeling, this feeling, this. So this is a very good thing, very cool tool to release emotions. And uh, when I was doing this thing, I was into this thing, I was watching this video of this guy, one of the founder of the Emotional Freedom Techniques. And he was explaining this really uh, simple thing, which was when you he draw a circle in a, in a board and he say, this is you. And there is something in this circle in you that you're not comfortable with. And what you do, you, and then you start drawing arrows outside the circle you basically you don't feel good and you go and distract with the coffee go and distract with the cigarette go and distract with the sex so that video was really profound that message for me and got stuck with me until the moment i started doing the fasting and i started realizing this thing that i was trying to distract for myself so i started fasting and doing more and more vipassana meditation observing my body my feeling my emotion and just uh, observing without judging and then they would uh, go and then I, I'll, I can tell you more about this but for now I want to tell you that I started realizing this thing and so I started purifying myself and I started working on myself and I became kind of free from addictions but then there was uh, another element to this which was okay I'm free from addictions but now I'm not free from situations yet. So a situation would happen where I, where I would feel something, I would feel bad and I would play the story over and over in my head and I would still over and over feel bad about this. And I, I would suffer, I would suffer from the situation. For instance, I was working again in London uh, by cycling with my, uh, doing my deliveries, you know, and the taxi drivers that would sometimes, you know, attack me, you know, uh, by words, would tell me words like fuck off and things like that because they had this thing in their mind that cyclists, they uh, not prudent in the road and whatever. But I would get angry about this and I would not like this. I don't like be because I was uh, 
not addicted, but I was dependent on somebody else's opinion. So I was dependent on what other people think of me. And, and I wasn't free, so I wanted to be free. So I came across this tool called Nonviolent Communication, uh, created by Marsha Rosenberg, which is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And basically what this thing says is that uh, people have arguments because they listen to what they say and they don't, co they don't connect with how they feel. So this is a bit longer, but um, I want to try to tell you briefly that nonviolent communication, the steps are this. So whatever I feel, it's a need who's not met. So these elements are the feelings, the needs, and the request, and the situation. So four, four elements. The situation caused me some feelings, and these feelings, they're coming because there are some needs, universal human needs that are met. And so in the request part, in the uh, action part, in the fourth part, is like, okay, what do I want? How do I meet my needs so that I can feel better in this situation? And so I started learning about nonviolent communication. I started using it, you know, in this... Um, with the day-to-day -day life, you know, talking to people. And it would be great, it would work after I, I, I knew how to use it. But then I realized that this was, works also internally with my internal conversation. And so I started to using it to, using it to unlock some, some of these energies because basically the suffering is an emotion which is stuck in me. So emotion is energy emotion. And I would, some situation would come and I would feel this thing that I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't even know what it was. I was just suffering for it from being there. So I realized, okay, I can, um, I can analyze what I'm feeling by looking at this chart, this feeling chart. I look at all these different feelings names. And then I realized what is the need behind this feeling? And again, there is another chart of human, universal uh, needs, universal human needs chart. And I would identify a need and then I would identify an action or a request or a desire that would make me uh, meet that need. And so this really worked. This really worked for me. And but it was it was hard to tell people it was hard also for myself every time to to go and do this exercise because I didn't know you know sometimes I, I was you know maybe at work or was so it wasn't easy to concentrate and do this exercise so I started to going around with these pictures one of the uh, feeling chart and one of the need, needs chart and it became easier because all of a sudden whatever I feel I analyze the situation, I look at the feeling, I recognize the feeling, then I look at the need, I recognize the need, and then I think about a possible thing that could meet my need. And it became easier. And then I started using it over and over and over and over and over. And this, it became like every addiction or every situation, every problems I had, it would be now a, a mean for me to clear out some of the stuff I had inside of me. For example, 
I, you know, I was uh, in Rome uh, last year. And in Rome, I live in, in a house where I have some neighbors and I could hear them sometimes. And this time I was uh, doing something on the laptop, you know, I was trying to concentrate. Maybe I was meditating, I think. And I started hearing my neighbors shouting. And inside myself, I thought, oh, these guys, why they shout? And I started feeling angry, but I knew I, I couldn't do anything. I knew that it wasn't them. I knew there was something in me, right? Because I learned in, with my Vipassana retreat. But yet, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. So I, I, I look at the feeling chart and I, and I look at the, what I feel. I feel angry. And then I thought, why do I feel angry? What is that that I need? And I realized I feel angry because I think that these people, they, they live in their life. They don't know. They're ignorant about this, how to be peaceful, how to uh, enjoy and how to uh, live life. I thought in, my, in myself, this was honestly what I thought. And then I realized, okay, what do I need? What is that that I need? And I, I, I realized that I was angry because what I needed, it was choice. I, I want to choose whether to hear these people or not. I want to choose whether to be in a silent environment or not. In that moment, I realized that I wasn't in the environment I wanted. I wanted to be in an environment where I can choose. And so I, in that moment, I made a decision. I want to go and, and uh, move out from this home as soon as possible and go to Sardinia. That's where I am right now. And so what I did, because I needed a choice and I imagined a situation where I had that choice and I imagined, okay, I'm gonna, mm, if I plug my ears. So what I did basically, I plugged my ears. I put my earphones on those earphones that you put inside like this and I didn't hear them anymore and I feel good because I, I, I could continue concentrate but the good thing the funny thing about this that after a while I removed these things and my neighbors were still shouting but I didn't feel the suffering anymore why because my need for choice was met because now I had the choice whether to put my earplugs and not to listen to them or not if I didn't go through this process I would feel angry and frustrated because these, were sh these people were shouting. I couldn't say anything to them because, you know, it's their house. And because, you know, I, I realized I'm responsible. I, it's, my suffering is my problem. And I didn't know, you know, what to do. And I would just keep suffering. But this would happen for anything. You know, if I argue with somebody, you know, sometimes I talk to my father and we don't understand each other. And, but now using this thing, I was able to use the suffering to make a good decision for myself that I, it was time for me to move out to go to another place and I became free from that. So what I did, I, I started working on this process and refining it more and more and I created like a document where I can go through this document very easily. Now I don't need a document anymore myself because I, I know this by heart but it would be very easy for anyone to look at this document and go through the steps watch the charts, I prepare the charts, then the document. And so this is what I created. This is a process I created that I would like to share with you uh, in case you have any addictions or you, uh, 
going through any suffering at all, because the suffering is an emotion which is stuck there. That's it. And to release the emotion, we need to understand it. Once we understand it, we can release it and we flow again. So anytime you, you feel you're suffering, you can go through this process and, uh, and release your emotion and realize what's your next step is, what, what is really that you need. So anyway, I'll, I'll put the link uh, below or, or up in this video and you can just uh, put your email and I send it, this document to you. Okay, so would be it for today. Thank you very much for listening to my story and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.